All right, News Roundup, Information Overload, our 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Let me play the reaction from the media mob. Now, remember, the, the same people, many of whom rushed to judgment with no evidence, no presumption of innocence, no due process. It's, it's always the same group of people in the media mob, which is why I call them a mob. They are a mob. You know, the, the Twitter blue check media mob and they they basically all echo each other and then the president of course uh referring to kyle rittenhouse as a white supremacist uh prior to the election in 2020 Uh, first let's listen to kamala harris on the verdict then we'll play the media mob's reaction to the rittenhouse verdict To take from this verdict what they want and to use it as permission to attack Black Lives Matter. And Black Lives Matter ain't just black people, as we just saw. Mr. Huber and Mr. Rosenbaum are white. They're Jewish. They are also victims and easily made victims because anyone who supports Black Lives Matter should be very afraid tonight. Are we safer after this verdict? Are we safe yeah. if we let someone like Kyle Rittenhouse kill people and then claim self-defense? Do we need better laws that protect us better? And the answer is clearly yes. What effect will this case have on things like vigilance? and self-defense arguments. To be clear, the aggregate uh, uh, kind of understanding that we get from these Zimmerman-style verdicts, that aggregate message is twofold. One, it is to tell the current and future Kyle Rittenhouses of the world that they can engage in white vigilantism. I do believe that age was a factor. However, I think that it was amplified by the fact that he enjoyed the privilege of being infantilized. I hate to, you know, in any way vilify prosecutors. They did what they could with the facts of this case, but the deck was stacked against him, not the least of which the judge, in many ways, had their hands tied behind their backs. This in particular, the fact that white supremacists roam the halls of Congress freely and celebrate this little murderous white supremacist, and the fact that he gets to walk the streets freely. Because this is what the white justice system was designed to do, all right? This is not a miscarriage of justice. This is justice working as intended for white people. It was an injustice. This was worse than the Emmett Till trial. This was worse to so many trials where we know for a fact individuals committed murder and yet they were not uh, brought to justice. All right, joining us now to weigh in on all of this and and. Is there an opportunity? Um, we had Nicholas Salmon on, on my TV show on, on Friday uh, recommending that Kyle Rittenhouse sue all of them. There's no evidence ever presented by anybody that he's a white supremacist. The three people shot in this case were all happened to be white. They were not they were not minorities. Um, and yet even Joe Biden and you hear the media mob, they're still saying, still suggesting He's a white supremacist. This is white supremacy. Uh, Greg Jarrett is with us, uh, Fox News contributor, also the host of his own podcast, The Brief. Horace Cooper is a legal commentator, co-chair of the uh, Black Leadership Network, Project 21. Uh, welcome both of you back to the program. Greg, let me let me start with you. Uh, I think that when Nicholas Sandman said that Rittenhouse should sue each and every one of them, I agree with him, starting with Joe Biden. 
Now, will the will those cases have merit and standing in your view? Because I believe it's a slam dunk. Well, Rittenhouse will forever be tainted by the false accusations leveled against him. His only recourse now, one now that he's been acquitted, is to sue those who slandered him, uh, including a guy by the name of Joe Biden, who defamed him as a white supremacist. Uh, if you are someone who asserts a, a statement of fact like white supremacist, that can be either proved or disproved. There's no credible evidence here that Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. So that assertion of fact uh, means that it's a, if it can be proven not to be true, is a false statement that damages the good name and reputation of Kyle Rittenhouse. And he's not a public figure by That's definition, right. is he? So the standard is, is lower. It's not actual malice uh, that the speaker knew or should have known the falsity of the statement. No, it's less than that. Uh, You know, it's essentially uh, negligence. And so, yeah, there is a very strong case that can be made. People who called him a murderer after the jury determined he's not a murderer, that's uh, slanderous, and so is white supremacist. And so I think he should sue. I think he should, and I think he'll win. Uh, Horace Cooper, your take. I've been listening and watching um, some of the folks that are hoping uh, that they can, in the crowd of slander, in the crowd of defamation, somehow backstrap uh, themselves into a circumstance uh, that Mr. Rittenhouse is a public figure because so many of these defamatory remarks have been made. I would argue uh, that it would be worthwhile to peel back this onion a little bit. For instance, prior to becoming a public elected official, Mr. Biden, as a candidate, made comments that are not protected in any way, and he could, in fact, um, be subject uh, to civil suit as a result of it. Um, Multiple of uh, those talking heads on other uh, networks have made similar remarks that are unjustified, and we're talking about comments that were made about a minor. Merely repeating those comments today doesn't transform uh, that into some sort of a change status. There ought to be some legal consequence uh, to this rush to judgment, this rush to slander, this rush to defamation you know the thing is now let's get into the absence of malice greg both of us over the years have pretty much uh been called every name in the book but i'm a public figure and the bar is so high it makes it nearly impossible for me to sue people that slander me and it's happened all throughout my career it used to frustrate me and bother me now it really doesn't because i i signed up for this um, in this particular case, Kyle Rittenhouse did not sign up for this. And the same with Nicholas Sandman. Now, we know that he's already come to financial agreements, for example, with fake with organizations like Fake News CNN. He's got other media outlets that he's suing. Uh, I think his case has great merit. My prediction would be he's probably going to be uh, rich as hell by the time the process is all said and done. And I would argue the same thing would be true of Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, I think 
You're absolutely right. And, you know, Joe Biden wasn't president yet. Uh, He was a private citizen, yet he was using the slanderous term white supremacist for political and commercial purposes to advance uh, his candidacy. And he did so at the very outset of this incident back in August of 2020. Uh, before he knew any of the facts. That's correct. So that is is certainly negligence under the defamation standard. It's probably recklessness. I think Uh, so. And the fact that Rittenhouse is is not a public figure, I mean, he cannot be uh, determined to be a public figure, Um, that, that means the lower standard is in play and Rittenhouse is a strong case. When this whole issue of absence of malice makes it almost impossible if you're a public figure that is smeared and slandered. Horace, let's look at it from the legal standpoint and on the merits uh, scale of one to ten. How winnable is this for Kyle Rittenhouse? Oh, um, he is going to. um, So if you can say ten, you can say ten. He is going to get some settlements. It's just a question of how many of these uh, defendants are going to insist on a jury trial. Um, you have a huge problem because as a matter of law, he was a minor when these events occurred, these uh, defam- uh, uh, defamatory He was 17 comments. at the time. Yes, he was a minor. He was absolutely a minor. That puts him in a far different category uh, than even an adult might be in. This makes him a very, very um, successful, likely successful candidate. So there are for these kinds of lawsuits. So there are going to be settlements. The question is, uh, as in the Sandman case, how many of these are going to require uh, an open announcement that there is going to be a trial and there are going to be um, evidence presented? In all of these cases, if I, as an attorney, had to pick sides, I'd want to be on the winning side, and that would be on Mr. Rittenhouse's side, because it is so much more likely than not that he is going to prevail just based on the facts. And this is why our media really ought to be It's careful. always the same. Listen, they're the ones, hands up, don't shoot, Ferguson. They're the ones wrong there. They're the ones wrong in... in Baltimore, Maryland, the Freddie Gray case, UVA, Duke Lacrosse, Cambridge Police, you name it. Uh, of course, the Russia collusion narrative. Quick break. More of our legal analysis on the Rittenhouse case with Greg Jarrett and Horace Cooper. 800-941-SHAWN is on number. We'll get to your calls. Bottom of the half hour as we continue. All right, we continue with our legal analysis on the Rittenhouse verdict and the potential for lawsuits against many media outlets and Joe Biden himself. Uh, with Greg Jarrett and Horace Cooper is with us. Nicholas Sandman was on the TV show on Friday night, and here's what he said. I think he should sue the media, but it's really a personal call that's up to him. In January, it'll be three years since everything happened uh, at the March for Life, and I'm still looking at another two years until the cases that go to trial are resolved so it's really a personal call for him i know he has a lot on his plate on whether he wants to entrench himself in this but on the topic of joe biden i've heard a lot of debate about it but i think plain and simple that unfortunately calling someone a racist or a white supremacist uh, is an opinion protected by the first amendment 
personally, I know it because many of the claims that uh, we labeled as defamatory were not let in by the judge in federal court. And so uh, I, I would like to see him go after Joe Biden. I'd like to to see where that goes. But I don't think Kyle's in the case where he can be making lawsuits just to uh, see what happens. He doesn't have the luxury of suing everyone just to see if any of them land. Greg Jarrett, remember what happened to him, this whole phony narrative that he had walked up to this Native American when just the opposite was true. Same accusations, white supremacist. After all, he was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. I don't think this I don't think Nicholas Sandman could have handled it more perfectly. Yeah, I agree. And I would disagree with his assessment that white supremacist doesn't cross the line into defamation. Vigilante racism, probably protected opinion under the First Amendment. Once you call somebody a white supremacist, as I mentioned before, that's a provable or disprovable uh, statement of fact. There's something else that uh, he could also sue, false light. That is a highly offensive statement uh, that portrays somebody in a misleading or false light. The standard is recklessness. And so even if uh, defamation doesn't work in the alternative, you also sue for false light. Uh, That's a more uh, winnable, agreeable case for the plaintiff. Your take, and you agree with that, Horace? I heard you oh, say, I, I almost heard it, like an amen simple. in the background. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, no, no, I agree with that assessment. But let's look back at the Gawker case in Florida. A lot of these institutions, whether it's MSNBC, um, whether it's uh, USA Today or whoever they might be, their attorneys have been trying in the Sandman case to delay, delay, and delay and avoid a settlement. There is a rendezvous that's coming, and that's if you actually end up going to trial, what will a jury say the judgment ought to be. And so it's actually incumbent upon these institutions to come up with their apology, their settlement, and if not their apology, their significantly large settlement as a way to avoid this rendezvous. The problem as I see it is they have a hard time because they've become cheerleaders instead of news reporters backing off improper statements and saying to their on-air talent or their in-print talent that these statements were inappropriate, unacceptable, and inconsistent with how a journalist is supposed to operate and they do it every single time and they've not been held accountable you know only the washington post greg uh, admits the steel dossier was bs and retracted some of the articles but they didn't go into the depth and detail of the of the phony narrative that they helped spread for four years um and it's sad but it's the same cast of characters every time uh greg jarrett horace cooper thank you both for being with us we appreciate it as always quick break right back all right, 25 now till the top of the hour. We played earlier in the program uh, Joe Biden, you know, telling a lot of his phony stories. Anyway, uh, Biden, he tells these stories that are provably, you can prove they're not true. Just like he plagiarized Neil Kinnock back in the day when he was running for president the first time. And he said last week that his house burned down with his wife, Jill Biden, inside before then trying to correct himself, adding to a, a long list of stories that he keeps embellishing over the years. You know, whenever he starts with the, I swear to God, I, I, I'm telling you the truth, I swear to God, you know. He's usually not. 
Anyway, speaking on that New Hampshire bridge where there were like all of like 12 people that showed up for a speech uh, last Tuesday about his infrastructure plan, Build Back Better New Green Deal Socialism. There were more Secret Service people there than there were people. Anyway, without um, without this bridge, as I said earlier, it's a 10 mile detour just to get to the other side. And I know having had a house burned down with my wife in it, she got out safely, God willing, uh, that having a significant portion of it burn, I can tell 10 minutes makes a hell of a difference. Listen, listen. Public services depend on it. School buses, wastewater trucks, cross it every day. It's essential to Woodstock Fire Station about a quarter of a mile away. Without this bridge, as I said earlier, it's a 10-mile detour just to get to the other side. And I know haven't had a house burned down with my wife in it. She got out safely, God willing. But, but having a, a significant portion of it burned, I can tell 10 minutes makes a hell of a difference. Okay. Put that in the category of another Joe Biden tall tale. Um, so Biden transferred the powers of the presidency last Friday when he had his colonoscopy to uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, look, and there's a lot of speculation here. There's a lot of infighting. A lot of the White House wants to blame Kamala Harris for all of Joe's mistakes, but they're Joe's decisions. The fact that Kamala Harris, you know, has had to, I guess her, her PR person or lead communications director resigned. So did Joe's. That ought to be very telling that, you know, it's like firing the coach. You can't fire the whole team, fire the coach, blame him. Uh, but anyway, so, but there's this divide where the White House is pretty much trying to blame Kamala Harris for a lot of Joe's decisions. And it's, I don't, so they've got their own infighting, just like the squad is fighting, you know, the, and leading pretty much the Democratic Party over the cliff. And, and they're just furious with Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. Anyway, the, uh, so we were told by Biden's doctor, he says, no, 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 his brain is fine. I don't believe that. I don't think that Joe Biden, now remember the media insisted Donald Trump take a cognitive test. I'm told the test is pretty hard. I'm told the test has, what, 30 questions. Ronnie Jackson performed the test. Donald Trump got a perfect score. I don't think I can get a perfect score. I've looked at it online. It's pretty hard, actually. Anyway, 59% of voters, according to John McLaughlin and Associates, in a survey that was in the Washington Examiner, they want Joe Biden to take a cognitive, cognitive test and release the results. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. No. Why the hell would I take a test? Right. Why the hell? Come on, man. Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What are you taking cocaine? You a junkie? Come on, man. This guy's not all there. And poor Kamala Harris now, apparently, according to a column, must hit the road to win the hearts and avoid some the same fate as Hillary Clinton. Wall Street Journal editorial board as Joe Biden turns 79, a panic is uh, over Kamala Harris. He turns hey, 85. I, 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 I don't even know how he survived the year. He's so weak, frail and and such a cognitive mess. You know, the only thing that's happened in the last year is. Finally, people are now publicly saying what we've been saying since the campaign, that this guy is not all there and is a cognitive mess. Uh, John in Arizona. John, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? 
Well, I'm good. How are you? Do, doing good. Um, just wanted to uh, talk about this Build Back Better plan. I guess my question is, is I don't really worry about cinema and mansion but how can we get the republicans not to flip-flop like they always do because i'll tell you i don't trust the turtle uh look i'm telling you about republicans and this this is we had jim jordan on earlier in the program his new book is out today and we have a link on hannity.com amazon.com bookstores everywhere it's called do what you said you would do fighting for freedom in the swamp being a politician is should not be a a lifelong ambition you know for whatever reason and i've seen this i've witnessed this my entire career is even people that go there with the best of intentions and sound great i'll give you one example ben sass the ass i mean ben sass said all the right things couldn't come on this program enough and linda and i would say wow he's saying all the right things sounds like he's going to be a really good senator he's anything but for whatever reason, being called congressman, senator, governor, you know, really gets to these people's heads. And they forget that they're supposed to be public servants. You know, when Mitch McConnell promises for two months that he's not going to help the Democrats that are icing him, all Republicans out completely from the process of, of any budget maneuvers sworn to the using the reconciliation process. And then for two months, he says, no, I'm not going to raise the debt ceiling. That's up to them. They can use the reconciliation to do it. And then caving at the last minute, it frustrates the hell out of everybody. Do what you say you're going to do or get out of the way and let let's hire somebody that will keep their promises. That's why I'm so keen on the idea that I want I want their name on, in ink on paper supporting an agenda. That's what I. That's why I think a yep. promise to America, contract with America, call it whatever you want, is powerful, because now they put it down on paper. Hopefully, it means something. Um. Anyway, I appreciate the call. Let's say hi to Justin. Is in North Carolina. What's up, Justin? How are you, sir? Hey, Sean. I'm doing good. Thanks. Thank you for uh, having me on. Thank I've, you. I've got a lot to say, but uh, first of all, thank you for being a righteous reporter meaning you speak the truth. And what I called about is uh, the press, uh, including big tech, censorship of free speech, and broadcasting lies. It's the power of propaganda to divide this country. The media needs to be held accountable. Kyle Rittenhouse should sue the living Adam Schiff out of all of these people that lied about him, called him a white supremacist, and, and worse. That's my recommendation. That's going to be up to him. Nicholas Sandman, I'm sure, already is a very wealthy young man because he's had settlements with, like, fake news, CNN, and, and others. Good for him because what they did to that kid is destroyed him, and they destroyed him with lies, and they slandered and besmirched his reputation. This lives with him for the rest of his life. And you can't, you know, where do you go? Ray Donovan fam famously said after he was exonerated, in the Reagan years, you know, where do I go now to get my good name back? And the answer is you don't. And this is why good people avoid running for office or even being in the public eye like I am. Anyway, good call. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, let's say hi to Joe is in Michigan. And, hey, Joe, how are you? Glad you called, sir. I'm doing great, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, 
I just wanted to, uh, you know, you keep it keeps popping up in in the show that they're planning to give four hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the to the immigrants coming across the border, specifically the illegal ones. And it's so frustrating, so galling, because doing the math, it would take me over 17 years to make that. And that's my gross pay, which I don't think the people they're giving this money to are going to be paying taxes on it. So it's even, uh, Listen, this is a form of insanity, and I don't know what's worse. When Peter Ducey first asked Joe Biden the question, he said, "That's a, if, well, if you guys keep talking about this garbage, meaning it's not true, it's never going to happen. Two days later, he's the biggest advocate. I don't know if it's worse that he didn't know what his own administration stood for and what their policies were or the fact that he supports this madness because we're talking about payments to people breaking our laws, not respecting our borders or sovereignty. That's insanity, and we can't afford it on top of it. Yeah. It's nuts. For for us guys, I mean, (laughs) I'm... I don't even think I'm actually above the poverty line, but I do survive. I support myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what are we? What are we? I, let me ask you a question. So, think? so, you, so you, you're not making a lot of money right now at this point. You're like, can I ask you how old you are? I'm 36. Okay. Well, uh, and what do you do for a living? Off, if you, but, what do you do for a living? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, I mean this. This is going off when I, you know, factory work. You know, there's a lot of factories. When, when you when I got out of high school, factories used to pay four or five dollars above minimum wage. Okay, now, now I'm going to give you some advice. Where I live are just paying minimum wage while and, you are working hard like you are, and you're surviving. It's tough, but you're surviving. My advice okay. to you is the following: pick something that a, a, a skill that you can learn on weekends, a skill that you can learn at night at school. I don't care if it's one of the trades, plumbing, electrician, being an electrician, a carpenter, I don't care what it is. Maybe you want to be an 18-wheeler, drive 18-wheelers. Whatever it happens to be, find something that's going to pay you more because you're 36 years old and you need to be making more money because money for you is going to be freedom to enjoy your life more later in life. Okay? hot minute, I was a union iron worker, and then some jerk... Uh, took you know took a step up in the iron workers union and they closed down the all the small locals which involved the one that I was able to drive to now in order to if I was going to stay in it I had to drive an extra 40 50 miles just to get to the union hall and I couldn't well, let me ask I you a question not. what would it be worth moving closer to that place what well, can you do that are you married not, do you have kids no, I have I have children I mean I, I could I get it I, I get it listen I don't have a lot of time. Trust me on this. If you're barely making ends meet, you got to find a way to spend all of your spare time. I know it takes time away from your family, but it will be worth it for them too. find a career that will double your pay and then live like you're living now and put that rest of the money away. I don't care if it's driving a truck. I don't care if it's a side job. Find something that'll make you more money. Those jobs. There are a lot of jobs available right now. And if you look hard, I promise you'll find it. And if you want, if there's somebody listening that has something, what, what, where do you live specifically in Michigan? I live um, close to Kalamazoo. It's one of the smaller towns around it. All right. If there's anyone in Kalamazoo, if they get in touch with us, if we find something, you know what, we'll, we'll pass it on to you. But 
please listen to me. You got to find a way to make more money. You cannot just live week to week like that. You got to figure out how to make a little more money. Maybe you can paint houses in your spare time. I learned how to, I, I made a ton of money painting houses. Okay. Again, I, no, I just wanted to put that in perspective. The idea that they're giving people who came here. Who I, listen, I get your point. Uh, I, I totally get it. You're right on every, every point, but I'm more concerned about you being free in your life and having a little more financial breathing room and, and a little less financial pressure and, and also, you know, you're offering and providing a better life for your kids and providing a better future for yourself. Okay. So call me back in six months. Let me know how you're doing. Please. I hope you listen to what I'm telling you. Linda, how often have you heard me give that speech? Yeah, boss. More times than I can count, but the guy makes yeah, you a good know, point. You know, so my son and Lawrence Jones are like really good friends, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what they do? They compare my speeches because I give them the same speeches about life and, and how to. <laughs> can you believe You do that? know that LJ and I did that last week, right? When we were talking. Oh, so that you you gave him some of my speeches. He gave me some of yours. And I'm like, oh, I know that speech. I remember that one. Okay. Now, is my advice usually pretty good? Absolutely. Okay. Why do I give advice to people? I don't give it to everybody. Why do I give advice to some people? Because you care. I like them. I care about them. I want them to be successful. That's going to wrap things up for today. Um, It's also wrapping things up for me for the week as uh, we now go into the Thanksgiving Day holiday Uh, I want to wish all of you a great, happy Thanksgiving time for you and your family, a time to be grateful. One of the things I'm most grateful for is I get to do this show every day and you give me this microphone. We never take it for granted. And it's our job to earn your listenership every day, your viewership every night. And I want to say thank you and wishing you and your families all of God's blessings. Uh, we have Hannity tonight. We will be live. The great one, Mark Levin, Clay Travis on tonight, Mike Huckabee, Reince, uh, Priebus, Ari Fleischer, Greg Jarrett, Jason Chaffetz, 9 Eastern. Please set your DVR. Hannity, Fox News. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. You make this show possible. We are grateful. We're humbled and we're appreciative. Have a great Thanksgiving. See you tonight. Back here next week.